Welcome once again to the Oxford International Centre for Publishing Studies podcasts. For this recording, we have Joanna Pryor, the MD of Penguin Books General. This recording was taken at the end of our Working in Publishing Day on the 4th of March 2014. Joanna Pryor is introduced by Angus Phillips, the head of the Oxford International Centre for Publishing Studies. I'm delighted to welcome our keynote speaker, who is Joe Pryor. Joe is Managing Director of Penguin General, and before joining Penguin, where she's been around 15 years, she worked at Profile Books and before that, William Heinemann. Fourth Estate. Fourth Estate, sorry. Profile was wrong, that should be Fourth Estate. So Fourth Estate and William Heinemann. So thank you very much, Joe, for sparing the time to come and talk to us. And over to you. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you. much. I put my head into the, the door where you're all speed dating. It's a very steamy and <laughs> intense affair. Um, so um, it's just me between you and a glass of wine now and I promise I won't, uh, I won't speak for too long. If there is time, um, I've been told I've got about 20 minutes and if there's time, um, it'd be great to have some questions at the end. That's always the best part, I think. Um, and I've got a very short video at the end which will just wrap it up. Um, so I am going to talk to you about why I feel incredibly excited about the future of publishing and why and what we're sort of looking for um, in terms of recruiting new people into our industry and the sorts of things that we at Penguin Random House are thinking about. Um, as I'm sure you all know, Penguin Random House is now the biggest consumer publisher in the world uh, and we are spending a lot of time actually thinking about what that means, um, whether that's important, whether being big is significant, uh, when we should be big, when we should be small, uh, what we should be doing with our brands, how we should be communicating uh, with our key stakeholders, whether that's authors or agents or the outside world. And um, so we're, we're in a process actually of, of a lot of transformation and a lot of change. Um, which is really exciting, uh, and it means we're doing a lot of sort of forward-looking. So I'm just going to share some of the things that we've been perhaps talking a little bit about and some of the, the language and the ideas that we've been throwing around between ourselves. Now, you will all know what the kind of media cliché is about publishing, book publishing, consumer publishing at the moment. We don't have a future, it's a dying industry, digital is killing us. Um, the technology companies are killing us, no one's reading anyway, we're irrelevant, and that Snipcock and Tweed cartoon in Private Eye is finally coming true, over and out at the Garrett Club and about bloody times too. Well, you won't be surprised to know that's, that really isn't a view that I subscribe to or indeed anyone at my company does. Um, in fact, it's really quite the opposite. I think we're in fantastically rude health. Um, Penguin Random House has actually had the best four years in its history in the last four years. Um, and we, as an industry, I believe, have really managed the digital transformation and are managing the digital transformation better than any other media sector or creative industry has. Ebooks now represent pretty much 25% of what we do, 
an incredibly, I mean, if you think that is an amazing thing to have happened in an incredibly short space of time, uh, and that is good, profitable revenue for us and our authors. We also are really embracing the global story. And um, more than 35% of our revenues come from outside of the UK. We also, I think, have had to be highly entrepreneurial. And that's the sort of word you don't use lightly when you're a great big lumbering corporate. But we have had to be. We've had to rethink the model, the business model, over and over again. And we don't make the crude distinctions, I don't think, anymore that perhaps we used to do between sort of artistic excellence and commercial content. <coughs> we take as our inspiration at Penguin Random House Nick Heitner's National Theatre, for example, or indeed Ed Catmull's Pixar. We want to be both a cultural uh, and an entertainment powerhouse. And we want to embrace all audiences. I think diversity of publishing is incredibly important and diversity of publishing obviously comes from having a diverse workforce. We, if you, if you look at the output Penguin Random House you know, of recent, very recent times, you know, we go from Fifty Shades of Grey over there to Nobel Prize winning Alice Munro over here. We have Jamie Oliver as one of our best-selling authors and Daniel Kahneman as one of our best-selling authors. We have Beatrix Potter over here and Diary of a Wimpy Kid over here, all equally actually valuable to us and could not be reaching and touching different lives. And I think <coughs> more than almost any other art form in this country, as publishers, we support new talent and invest in new talent. At Penguin Random House alone last year, we published 200, 200 debut writers. So that's new things, new people, new talent that we have sourced and found and nurtured and presented to the world. And I think the other thing that we are hugely proud of and excited about and need to connect with is this sense that books loop in to a much bigger um, creative canvas and fuel other industries, other creative industries. And we all, and, and that adds into a bigger kind of cultural picture uh, about the success of the UK and UK PLC. I mean, if you just think about the film and theater uh, output that's going on right now in this country, so much of it has been born out of books. From our stable alone, you've got Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, Matilda, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, all on in the West End. The Railway Man, 12 Years a Slave, The Book Thief, A Long Way Down, about to come out, American Hustle, The Invisible Woman. These are all things that we're publishing right now that have been turned into other art forms that are being absorbed by our culture uh, and enjoyed and talked about. So I don't think that there is anything sort of old-fashioned or retrograde or 
um, unexciting, really, about what is happening in our world. Um, and although a lot of the stories that we're hearing about reading and reading habits are alarming, and I believe we should take them incredibly seriously as publishers, I also think there is a real role for us to play in supporting literacy activity across the UK. And that is something that we're also thinking about. So when you think about <coughs> publishing, I think there is also an opportunity to think about the sort of mission and responsibility of what it means to be a book publisher now and how we need to work with, support, help fund the agencies that are doing such good work to promote, stimulate um, literacy, whether that's World Book Day, which is Thursday, in case you didn't know, uh, working with the National Literacy Trust or Book Trust or Quick Reads, which is an adult literacy project. These are all things that I also think we need to do and we need to think about and we need to deliver as an industry. So that's something that is also very important and is also an opportunity for um, a, you know, for work. That area is something we're inv investing in. <coughs> so as I look ahead, I'm incredibly excited about this future. Um, the diversity of what we do has to be protected. Um, we hear a lot about the bestsellers. We hear a lot about the books that are the 80-20 rule, the ones that really, you know, do you really need to publish this huge range of stuff that maybe is or isn't making money? And couldn't you just concentrate on the big things that everybody wants, or indeed aren't you? And isn't sort of the big aren't the big companies somehow um, damping down cultural diversity? Um, and I think actually now we are so big, it is even more important that we do protect that kind of diversity, and that's indeed what we're trying to do. Um, my boss uh, is someone called Tom Weldon. He's the chief executive of this new Penguin Random House, and we had a conference last week, um, and he said something that, I, that has sort of struck me, and he, uh, he said this, I have, a quite, I have quite a straightforward view of publishing, as the great Amit Ertegen, who uh, founded Atlantic Records, one of the legends of the music industry said, when you bump into a genius, hold on tight. And in that regard, I don't think anything really has changed very much in publishing. Um, you know, we're still in the business of seeking out the very, very <coughs> best, most talented people, authors, illustrators, thinkers, polemicists, visionaries, poets, and connecting them with an audience. And what we still absolutely need are the people who are going to do that bumping in, <coughs> are the people who are going to find that talent, seek it out, connect with that talent, spot it, nurture it. Um, and we need, therefore, still those sort of highly intelligent, nuanced, individualistic, really skilled editorial publishers. Because the authors are still, in the case of consumer <coughs> publishing anyway, in the case of Penguin Random House, authors are still the beating heart of what we do. Without them, we are nothing, literally nothing. And we have to help them, our job, 
number one job is to help them to do the very best work of their lives. But I think what has changed and sort of changed forever and is in a constant state of change is how we make the connection between that talent, that amazing talent, and the reader. And this is, I suppose, what we are all truly grappling with on a daily basis. Having a, a wonderful list of books and a fantastic range of authors isn't enough. There is no build it and they, would they will come anymore. You have to go and find them. So the challenge today is not, is not digital. The threat is not digital. The threat and the, and the challenge is this cracking the code of discoverability. This is a phrase that keeps coming up and it's coming up so often that we're beginning to feel that it's <coughs> just a boring cliche. But it truly is at the heart of what we have to solve. Um, and it is truly how we will sort of define ourselves and our success will utterly depend on whether we do that. Anyone can get published. Anyone can get published now. But not anyone can get an audience. And how do you then, when you have an audience, how do you hang on to it? How do you retain it? So we know that the bookshops are disappearing. We're reading these gloomy stories in the bookseller um, every week or so, it seems like. Um, we know that there's been a huge number of chains that have gone in the last five to ten years. Um, and at Penguin Random House now, 40% of our sales are online, mainly Amazon, not entirely Amazon both physical sales and digital sales, 40%. So those showrooms, those sort of glittering palaces of books <coughs> and showrooms, they, then there's no longer enough of them and there isn't the footfall that there used to be. And we have to think just as much about click-throughs as we do about footfall and what people are going to encounter in store. And alongside that, we've had the fragmentation and disappearance, indeed, of key media. The books pages are reducing and reducing, as you know, all around the world. And actually, in, in the UK, I think we've, we've held on to them for perhaps longer than many other places. I was just in Australia, and the um, books pages are all but non-existent there now. Um, and the content of them is being shared across the different cities and so on. So our old browse and display model that we've existed on for so long um, to sell our books has really has been eroded it hasn't completely gone by any means because if 40% bought online <coughs> there's still 60% of books that are bought in the real world through real tills in bookshops but it is uh, it is being eroded and so the new reality is about search and recommendation. Um, so our competitive environment is no longer just defined by our, comp our competing publishing houses and other places and other books that people might go. We all know that the competition is now coming from other media, 
coming from other entertainment brands, whether that's Amazon or Google or Guardian or Lego or Nintendo, Disney. So we'll only survive if we can cut through in that world. We have to have something in that world that will make us exciting. So how do we do this? How do we tell people about the next great book? And how do we generate excitement about books generally and reading generally? Well, I think in the case of Penguin Random House, we'll do it through our brand. And we'll do it through probably primarily the Penguin brand, which has been so powerful now for a long time and has so much um, emotion and um, value attached to it, both in the minds of the consumer who already loves books, but also <coughs> it is a kind of gold standard. It's a kind of mark of quality that we think we can, um, uh, that we can use and leverage much stronger now that we're bigger and we've now got more authors to, to, um, to sell. Because we need to make sort of our recommendation count in this really big world. Um, if it's not going to be the Sunday Times books pages anymore that tells you what you should be reading next, um, and it's not going to be your Waterstones or your local bookseller that is, how can we step in and provide that? So we need this direct relationship with our consumers and readers ourselves. And this has to be, that this is the big step change for the consumer culture <coughs> in the next, for the next generation. And that's what we now at Penguin Random House are going to be investing in, is that relationship between us and the consumer. That doesn't mean necessarily that we're going to have a transactional relationship. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to suddenly take on Amazon. But it does mean that we want to create uh, a direct relationship with our readers. So how do we do that? Because we haven't really at the moment <coughs> got those skills in-house. But that's where we have to, that's really what we have to start doing and acquiring. We need people who can help with data capture strategies, with customer relationship management systems. We need much greater personalization in our marketing. We need to really understand marketing analytics. Um, and we need to work out how to put all these new tools to the service of our authors and our writers and our publishing output. So we've got to welcome a whole sort of new host of people, I think, into our industry. You know, no longer are we just saying, we just want a certain kind of person who's particularly good at this very traditional role. We need people who have worked in, in the technology world. We need to attract new technology partners and develop those new skills to sit alongside the really, the very best editorial taste that we, we will still need. The most sort of amazingly media savvy publicists, we still need them. We still need a razor sharp legal team to do all our contracts and work with us, alongside us. We still need a go-getting sales team, but it's going to be probably of a different shape and, in, and a different size than it's been in the past. We still need fantastically creative art departments um, doing amazing jackets and creating beautiful physical books. <coughs> but if 40% and growing of our books are bought from a little thumb thumbnail that appears on an Amazon screen, then 
we need our designers to change how they work and we need to make sure that the designs that they're coming up with work in miniature like that and have an impact. We need those, we need entrepreneurial instincts. We need people who are prepared to rethink the model, bring in new ideas, new ways of perhaps looking at our content and thinking about it. In our children's area, we're seeing this really in action already. That's a world that is moving <coughs> fastest and is the most sort of unforgiving, if you like. You know, if we have not inspired the next generation, of readers, then we will, it won't be very long before you know, we run out of consumers. Um, so the work is urgent there and it is happening. So there is development of new products and new stories, and stories being told in new ways, in any way that someone wants it. And we're looking there at buying a full sort of suite of IP so that we can, we can uh, exploit everything from duvet covers to the musical rights. Um, as well as, you know, traditional board books alongside apps. Um, so we own the whole of the snowman, for example, now, which means that we could commission that lovely snowman's dog film and create a whole new life and existence um, for that bit of IP. We own the whole of Beatrix Potter, so we get revenue from the retirement home in Japan, that is called the Peter Rabbit Retirement Home, believe it or not. <laughs> Peter Rabbit is very big in Japan amongst old people who knew. So there are new models emerging all the time that again we need to be open to and excited about and working with and new people to help us develop those. So it's a time of really incredibly exciting change <coughs> where new skills are essential. Um, and where we have to feel that we're no longer defined, I guess, by the extraordinary and wonderful heritage of our past. But we have to take, in the case of Penguin, I think, take a lesson right from the early days, which was a man called Alan Lane who decided sort of to hell with the old model. Let's try something completely new and came up with, as we all know, the paperback and a new way of delivering wonderful content to readers who were not satisfied with the existing ones. So I feel very excited that that's, we're on the road, <coughs> we're on that journey, but what it means is that we need, we really need people who are looking forward and thinking about all these exciting new ways of connecting our amazing authors with the potential audience um, and not just thinking about things in the sort of linear way perhaps that we did before. Well thanks very much Joe.